Player, player. Axe fan. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. All right, dope. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to MV Podcast. And before we get started, man, I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been supporting the podcast from season one all the way to season nine. And this is actually actually the very last episode for season nine. And by the time you guys hear this, this is season nine, episode 21, before we get into season 10. And this guest right here, man. I get to be the the finisher, bro. (laughs) You get to be the what? The finisher, bro. (laughs) So this cat right here, man. The second time this artist has been on the show and... He's somebody that I've met in the circuit, but really got a, gotten a chance to know him as a man, as a person, and as a friend, besides being an artist. And he's really been supportive of my movement. But today, we are here to celebrate his album, Flavor Elaborator. And I got to give props where it's due for all those who are tuning in. If you're on Spotify, Apple Music, stream this album now, all right? Flavor Elaborator. And I got to give him his thanks. Because if it wasn't for him, I probably would not be in the Rising Grind Cypher, Chaser Ray Robinson. So I want to thank you for plugging me in. Thank you for for the source article that me and you are that are both on. And you killed the Cypher. Ladies and gents, without further ado, expand the motherfucking mind. What's up? (laughs) What's up, Marlon? How you doing, brother? Good to hear from you always. Yes, sir. Yeah, we, we connect even though there's space, man. That's what it's all about. You can't hold that against people, you know. No doubt. Let's get straight to it, man. Yes, sir. Flavor Elaborator. What inspired you to title the album that way? The biggest album I've had yet. That's so funny. I just realized I have a short answer for you. I never have that. (laughs) I always have this fucking long-ass answer. All right. So, so many tracks on this album. And originally, my intent... um, Although given to me by somebody else, the idea was to separate it into two to three projects and do like intervals so people could get separate versions of what the flavors are, so on and so forth. And then I realized that I'm broke and I don't got money for that. (laughs) So (laughs) what I did was I improvised, man, because you can't always get, you know, the the organic lean, you know, uh, beef. You got to sometimes just go to the store and get whatever they got. Right. So. That's what I did, man, and and it wasn't just whatever. I really still did as much as I could to put in as much effort to tie this all together, align the tracks correctly, order them properly so they flow, and then that way you get a nice little introduction into each different flavor that's being introduced throughout the album. So there's so many flavors, and I'm also a chef in my spare time. Like I love cooking. I build I build my muscles so. Ultimately, I thought that it would be really, really creative to just call it Flavor Elaborator. No doubt. 17 joints. Um, for all those who are tuning in, these are my three favorite, all right? You guys got to stream Golden State featuring Unspoken Views. That's, that's, you that's guys got a girl right there. She's very, very supportive to me. Always has been. Like Just like yeah. with you, man. The space don't mean nothing. We, we come together, you know? Y'all got to check out track number six, School of Senses. That's a, one of the dopest yeah. ones on the album. SOS, and baby. <laughs> Will do and Lifeline are like my top two, uh, three and four, too. So, can, can I ask you one question about Will Do real quick, bro? What's up? How did you feel about that Will Smith line, bro? <laughs> uh, I, I really thought, you know what? Clever shit, man. And what really attracted me to that song, too, is um, you got like a West Coast vibe going on in that one. Yeah. Right? A little bit of a West Coast vibe, right? Yes, sir. Um, let me ask you this. I hear the growth, cause see, I I know X X man. Um, I know him as a friend, and I know some of the things he went through. So, when I listen to the album, I, everything he says, I know that's from the heart. I know that firsthand. So, what is the difference between Pinocular and this album, in your opinion? Ooh, I like your question. The difference between Pinocular and this album. It's vast because the Pinocular album was me really breaking out of everybody else telling me what to do and doing it for myself, hence the name. Pinocular was two words put together. I felt it needed something fresh, so I put together binocular, which is to zoom in, right, at your whatever you're looking at, and pinnacle because that's your goal. That's what's up top, you know, so you're zooming into your goal and you're making sure you keep that in mind all the time. Now... I also produced that album with my buddy, so I made all those beats. 
with me. Right. Um, and that's what separates it. I had to do this one alone. I had to go home. I had to write all this stuff. I had to do this on my own time, go through feelings and mature. To, and, and, and also keep in mind, I kept the binocular status of mine in, 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 in head and again, the Godhead, because that's what kept me challenging myself and writing about stuff that I feel was new and different and indifferent to what's out on the radio, man. Like there's so much flavor that people just don't acknowledge because they're afraid of what other people think when they become vulnerable. Mm. So that's the difference. This is a much more vulnerable album. This is a much more mature album. And the sound has slowed down a bit to the point where y'all can under, really understand where I'm coming from so that everybody can become a part of it. And it's not just me sharing my feelings and tidbits. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Great selection of beats, man. Who are the producers involved in this album? Uh, they're going to remain nameless. <laughs> All right. Why, 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 is that? why is that? Why is that? Here's a lesson for everybody that does music. <laughs> go ahead, when go you ahead. work with people, okay, this is my maturity speaking. Go ahead. Um, it is important to understand that the person you work with is going to be a hundred percent thorough with you. Always give you your music, whether it's the rough draft, the the hard copy. You know what I'm saying? All the little tidbits that go underneath the dubs, the um, the overdub, the third verse, or whatever. Whatever you got to do, man. Like it's important that you get all that back. So yes. don't forget to take everything that you make in the studio with you because, unfortunately, what happened was I had to break off from the individual. I made this album in his studio, and it just doesn't support me to continue to support him. He doesn't support me at all. He, Man, this guy, unfortunately, turned around and stabbed me in the back. So I had to make do with not knowing any of the producers and him not doing his job and introducing me to them. And also, he kind of, like, played me on that level. He was like, oh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you about all of them. We'll, we'll get you to meet all of them. We'll talk to them. And that just never happened. So don't go out of your way for people when they don't go out of their way for you. No doubt. No doubt. So let me That's ask you right. this, man. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. The writing process for this album, do you find yeah. yourself writing rhymes on the spot in the studio or it, it comes written beforehand? Hmm. Before you laid down, this was different because of that. I created a lot of, like, for instance, Pinocular was created a lot in the studio, mm-hmm. and then this one was created a lot with me taking beats home, experiencing life, and really giving a shot to, like I said, bringing fresh material to the table, something that was on the forefront of my mind versus something I stewed on for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 the difference there for sure. Right on, dude. Now, let me ask you this. If you had to choose the first three singles to shoot a video for, for your album, which which your first top three? Mm. <laughs> water. Uh, word, word up, Drink word more up. water. Mind your goals. Complete execute as you soar on home. I admire. My light shines even before street lights glow. So it's all times, bro. You know? And mm-hmm. I, I want to I give my love to everyone. And mm-hmm. the goodness that I have to everyone, if I can do that with music, man, that's the most beautiful thing. Because music, like we've talked about before, is the last living language on planet Earth. There ain't one better, period. Because you don't have to speak English. You don't have to speak Spanish. You don't got to be Japanese or nothing like that. You could just be a human and hear mm-hmm. the vibrational frequency of somebody who has experienced. And so they're elaborating <laughs> on what is necessary for them and, and sharing their soul. So when one connects with somebody else without having to use language that creates barriers, there's an infinite amount of gain between people. Mm. No longer separates us. Let me ask you this, man. The importance of your mental health and physical health. How has that worked out for you this year? Like, what did that do for you, for your life, taking care of that first this year? Man. Mental health uh, and physical and, health. And not just, not just, you know, this year, but for the last, like, year or two since I broke up with my ex, I've really been very internalized. I've taken a lot of things for less granted, you know, and I've, I've, I've applied myself in every area I can, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually. I have taken a break from doing a lot more of the mushrooms and the LSD in the last two years. I haven't done any of that. 
and I've just, um, I've, I've done a couple micro doses, but nothing to the point where I, you know, I used to really trip out, you know, and like get into myself and then try to get others to go with me and kind of like host the session and all that stuff, you know, and it yeah. was great for a while. And I really felt like it was a, a real connection I was having with people until their disconnect came into play. Mm. So for me, it was tuning into what I felt was real, whatever I could grasp from my higher self to bring it down and really start implementing it. I noticed that being in the gym gets me to conquer every single thing that I'm afraid of. Mm. Personal goals, um, like uh, basically is to, for me every day, I cross my boundary line a couple times. Good shit. At the, at the beginning of the day, bro. I make sure I say something and do something for somebody or for myself that otherwise would be uncomfortable because that's what creates life, mm -hmm. you know? And then you have an experience, and then from experience comes your wisdom. And that's a permanent state of knowledge. Otherwise, knowledge just gets played with kind of like numbers, and you get different answers, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, man, like the, the, the mental health of being physically fit, and then the spiritual health of choosing the thing that is the hardest to do, man, it, it creates such a, a firm faith. And mm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not strictly a Jesus dude. I'm not strictly a Buddhist dude. I'm not none of those things. But I do enjoy the school of the senses. Mm. Huh? Like you said. Nice. Like we said. So <laughs> you like that song. I love that song title. I really yeah. feel like the fact that it's SOS and school of senses yeah. <laughs> makes it so that you, you reach out. You're asking for help. You're asking for help on how to help yourself, bro. That's it. Yeah. And in any in any holy house, that's what you're doing. You're you're at, you're asking the, the one upstairs, whoever you believe in, to bring you an answer, and you hopefully get some work out of that. And if you got work, you're luckier than most people. Yeah, man. And I was I got a chance to build with X Fan um, a little bit earlier today, and I was telling him, man, like you sound happier. You sound the happiest, the most I've heard you sound these last two, uh, these last five months. You know, like yeah, because for a while it's your homie. I was worried. I was like, you know, when my friends go through pain and when my friends have this rage inside them, man, I feel that energy all the way in San Diego because I care for my peoples, you know? Yeah. And um, let me tell you this, man. Like, one thing I noticed about this new album, because when I first interviewed you for Pinocular, I heard the talent in you. I knew that you had some rhyme schemes and metaphors in you and the, and the word schemes, the wordplay. I knew you always had that. But for this album, for the first time, I feel like I can finally feel your pain. Yeah. I can finally feel your pain and your rage and your story. I yeah. love it when you talk about being poor. I relate to that, you know? Um, let me ask you this, dog. As a songwriter, how, how much do you think you've grown since Pinocular? As a songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> just, uh, just understanding song structure, books, just understanding song structure. How how much do you think you've improved? Uh, a billion fold, my friend. Good man, that's what I want to hear, a man. A billion fold for sure. Um, like growing. Like you, you noticed I created. You know, I did. A, I did a spoken word. That's the life yep. joint. Yep. And yep. I had another spoken word that I was going to put on there, but I felt like Lifeline just spoke so much more realism. Yep. Than instead of like an empty space. Because mm -hmm. the other one kind of created like an empty space in your brain. I didn't want to pass on depression. I wanted to pass on um, something that was a little bit. Because you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of songs out there right now that that are more like oh suicide, kill myself, my friends all want to die, shit like that. And I'm like whoa. So I didn't want to put out like something that made people feel depressed. I wanted to put out something that made people understand depression and then move forward from it. And so my lifeline does not end here. Is, is, is a definition sentence that, that basically states that I am not interested in ending at the end of this confrontation because there's a beauty that exists within the end that starts at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's a beginning as much as it is an ending if you can stay true to yourself and make good decisions with the information you've received from your universe or your people. I love you, man. So what books have you been... So before I, get uh, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. You ready? Right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What books right. are you reading lately? Care for the Soul. I don't know the right. author of that because it's in my car right now. I don't have the exact uh, the author on online. Um, 
The Psychedelic Experience by Timothy Leary. Nice. And then Be Here Now by Ram Dass. Mm. What is it? Now, bro. What is it about those books? What What are you getting out of it? Reading those three oh, books, man. So a lot of the information that's grasped beyond your control is is what I call psychedelic information, and you can only you can only make it concrete after you've implied it. Like I said, so like there's a vast amount of stuff that when the hippies went out there, just so you know, a little background on Timothy Leary. He was one of the original gentlemen who did the LSD experiments and he brought it to court, told people what he felt about it, so on and so forth. He was one of the original cosmonauts, if you will. Mm. Uh, he existed on the bus with the Grateful Dead and everybody who, you know, Kerouac, all the great art, art, artists and authors of, of the 60s and 70s. Um, and he, he existed within that realm uh, to become something further. Uh, Timothy was also um, uh, in, a, in a relationship with Rom. Um, Rom, Rom, uh, Rom is a, a gentleman who <sighs> succeeded so well within our world of Western ideology, right? but realized that there's no freedom, real freedom within it. It's constants of uh, consumerism and buying and feeling the need to have things to make you be better or more or whatever the fuck it was. And he took a trip out to, you know, the East. And decided to get a little bit more philosophical with things and was explained through many different um, um, uh, Buddha type individuals and, and people who, who, who appreciate the, the lack of needing to cling. When you cling on to something, yeah. you scare it away. Yeah, wow. A love is so embraced, but also so given so that that way... There's no, there's no, there's no taking it back. Right. If you feel that way, then you gave that without having any in the first place. Right, right, right. And so that's what a lot of what these gentlemen are explaining is the idea of being able to really make that conscientious decision and say, this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing it because I feel good doing it. Also, it's enabled me to be a better person, not just because I feel good, because feelings are inept at times. So they don't actually allow you to fully experienced life they're just feelings and if you choose them then you get stuck in them and so the key is to acknowledge them and not maybe you know privatize them but instead you know discuss with one another and and be open and like i said vulnerable so we can connect um and it's it's such a beautiful beautiful way to look at life instead of being so downtrodden by the constants of you know whether it's the people who are depressed or people who are angry and I'm, i'm an angry dude sometimes myself you know but regardless of Oh, my, my depression, my anger, my angst. I don't let that, I don't push that onto others because that's just not right. I go home and I have a snack. You know yep. what I'm saying? And I suggest yep. the same thing to other people. You know, when you're getting all mad in public, picking on somebody because you feel small, well, go home and have a snack, bro. Get bigger. <laughs> yep, yep. Feed your mind, feed your stomach, do something, bro. Because that's what it's, it's your lack of nutrition and understanding of self that is affecting other people when you decide to project. Uh, no doubt so that's what's in a lot of these books no doubt itself. let me ask you this man what is like your daily diet like what's what's what are you putting in your body oh okay so i mean <clears throat> i cook for myself a lot um but when i do fall short for cooking i mean i go places and get food that is not too expensive but consists of a lot of protein i'm a meat eater uh, but i also eat my veggies when necessary I know that it is necessary to have micronutrients as much as it is necessary to have macronutrients. Mm. Uh, macros are your carbohydrates and proteins and all the things in between all the micronutrients and above them. Uh, so you have an ability to build um, yourself with the appropriate amount so that you can have energy for the day and not feel sluggish or whatever. As a child, I think in the last interview, I told you I was starved and malnourished. Yeah. So eating for me has always been a trick, uh, a big one. And I mean, like, dude, I, I, when I was a child, I cruised through a fridge and like nothing. Um, and, and still, like, even as of my recent more uh, sober self, um, not smoking weed, not drinking, not doing any of those things. Maybe, you know, some nicotine here and there, but that's about as far as I go. And I'll be honest, dude, I still wolf down like five or six meals a day. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot bigger in the gym and then with my muscles too. So like 
I've also been over the last four or five months, I've been, uh, I had, I've had actual jobs in the past. I haven't really been given into that a whole lot over the last 10 years. Cause <clears throat> so many bosses I've had have been the kind of people who can't tie their own shoes, but want to tell you what to do. And I feel that in a lot of situations for a lot of people, I feel like they tell me about their boss and they tell me about their work environment. And I feel like the work, the work environment is just extremely poor. It's, it's it, the, the environment itself is malnourished and everybody's constantly speeding up and speeding up and not slowing down enough to care for one another. So you lose the ability to um, continue in that place or, or to succeed in that place because nobody cares. Yeah. Right. Or just the lack of, of depth and more so surface level uh, uh, integration and, and, and conversation, which doesn't make for, for any kind of, you know, homey feeling, you know, mm. And so that's what, that's, those are some things that I've been changing, bro. Like I, I started to work for somebody else, uh, a woman actually at the gym. She's my general manager. She's very, very bright and emotionally aware. And this is what makes a boss. A boss is bright and emotionally aware. Yeah. If you are not, uh, if you are not sensible and you don't have your emotions on lock and you get offended by stuff easily, you should not be managing other people. <laughs> that's probably yeah. not the best place for you. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I've gotten so in contact with um, people who really care about their own lives in the past, like, you know, five or six months working jobs and doing things that I've kind of, I'm not going to lie, I've had this uh, rejuvenation for my belief in who surrounds me. Good, man. It, it, it kind of got taken away from me for a bit because, you know, the stuff that I talked about in the beginning of our interview just now. So yeah. That stuff kind of got stripped from me, and I had to re rejuvenate and be like, "Oh man, look! I mean, there are good people out there. There's some really, really beautiful people who care, who really give a shit, and they might not like always go out of their way to show that they do, but when they do, it's important, you know. And I've gotten a lot of that within the last like three to so months, uh, especially from a lot of my folks over at uh, the gym that I work at. Um, just so many uh, level-headed people and people who really want the best for themselves and everybody else around them. And that makes for, like I said, a good family, a good homie feeling. No doubt. We all need that. Yeah. Um, what time do you usually start your daily workout? What time do you get? Uh, I like it in the morning, but that's because other people um, need me throughout the day. So I got to go train people at the gym. And sometimes I'll train like eight people a day, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. And... I'll give them like a half an hour to an hour of my time. So if I can get up and get at it in the morning, that's good for me. But realistically, let me do say something like this for you. If you want something, you make it happen. Yep. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. Yep. And the people who are in there are kind of like, like they're like, uh, the, the thing that gets passed around. Hey, hey, oh, just keep coming back. <laughs> just yeah. keep coming back, bro. You'll be yeah. all right. Just keep. I know you don't want to be here. So many of my friends go in there and they tell me, you know, I don't want to be here today. And I'm like, that's that's good that you're here. I'm very proud of you because yeah. it takes a lot to defeat those feelings and and make sense of you know the shit. Yes. So we all we all have troubles and tribulations. You know, it's good that we find a place to be able to exact those things and make them into something positive. Yeah, man. There's so much pressure in this world that we got to find ways to start off the day. To get that anxiety out, rage, yep. anger, sadness, depression. We got to get that out early ASAP. Yep. To, and then we can get the day started. That's right. Or um, just space yourself out. I do like to start the day by listening to, uh, uh, I think it's called Feed Your Brain. It's on Spotify. It's just like a podcast channel. But they have a lot of stuff from like Alan Watts and, you know, Timothy and all these other guys that I listen to. Uh, you know, Terrence McKenna, so on and so forth. People who are like the, the psychonauts of the last hundred years. People who have experienced come back and they share the tale and they don't become offended by the exchange of knowledge and good information because so many people do. Um, and so, like, sometimes the best way to start off a day is to put yourself in an uncomfortable conversation so that you can learn as much as you can about something you know nothing about. Because that's the toughest thing to do. So whether you're in the gym beating yourself up or... or you know, trying to create a posture with lower weight or whatever it is you're doing or you're going to therapy or you're reading a book that improves your knowledge of self or you're writing something down so you can understand how the day is supposed to go. As long as you're, I call it, I call it a programming. The first hour of the day should be programming mm. or, or falling out of the shit that you feel like you're in. So you get up, you have a glass of water. That's the first thing I do is I have a glass of water. I put a little bit of pink salt in it, you know, and then I walk the block like once or twice. It's about a half mile, maybe a quarter mile by the time I'm done. 
And then I got my I got my body started for the day. My thoughts are started. A little electroconductivity from the salt. So it's and then then I can have a coffee or then I can have some food or whatever it is. And I'm kind of figuring out the little steps of my diet right now, being that I'm sober. So it's like been a little bit more tricky to eat at a certain time and do what I need to do at a certain time because I'm busy accommodating people all day long. But regardless of that, um, I still get it in. You know, I still make sure I spend time for myself, whether it's two to three minutes here or five minutes there, just to collect my thoughts. A lot of people that I've talked to in the last, since I've been alive, I, 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 I suggest this to them. I say, hey, you know, you ever take five minutes during the day just to reset real quick? Yeah. And they go, how the hell do I do that? I go, well, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It explains, yeah. I have, I'll have people cry in the middle of a session because they're working so hard and they're crossing over a boundary that they thought was impossible before they started talking to me. So I'm launching people through this, this, uh, the uh, catalyst movement, if you will, where they, they, uh, you know, they just get to experience more than they thought was possible. So in, in turn, you know, expanding the mind. No doubt. No doubt. Let me ask you this, man. What was your experience like in shooting the um, rise and grind cypher? What was that like? Oh man. Uh, I entered a room where there was already preconceived drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, it wasn't like because I created it. It was just because I had not yet been hip to the trip of there's some stuff that goes on around. Whether you're, in, it doesn't matter if you're in OC, LA, Detroit, New York, wherever the fuck you go, I guarantee there's going to be something that's already floating around in a high school manner. Um, and so if people don't have an idea of who you are yet, they tend to make it up on their own, especially when they haven't come up and talked to you and they feel like judging. It's a heavy way to live, but I don't live that way. But if other people want to live that way, that's on them. And then, you know, they can only see what I give them through my actions. And, and they're not even involved. They're just watching. Right. right. So then they become a little bit. I, I think it's in, uh, I'm not trying to be intimidating, but I think that's how it comes off because they don't know how to react to that. I'm, I'm a very pure person. I just don't want to, I don't want to like make a decision that fucks people over. Or I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of that. I'm, I, I try to just, you know, pay attention and, and be aware. And I think that there's a lot of loss in that school, in yeah. the school, the school of awareness, you know? And so, uh, in that room, I, I did like a lot of the things that were going on. Um, but I felt like there was a stale energy. So I kind of made a lot of jokes while I was there and got a lot of people to laugh. And I feel like I played a vital part in bringing the thing together when Ray, Ray called me and he goes, dude, like everybody was so serious. They were wondering all these like serious questions and you kept on making jokes and making it easier to like do my job. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, you know, you know, everybody was laughing and having a good time. And you were really the only one telling jokes and trying to be like, like a little bit li liquid with the situation versus trying to be so steadfast and like, yo, this is what I'm doing. I'm a rapper. Boo, 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 boo. It's like, it's not that serious, bro. Like <laughs> you're, you're an MC. I get it. You're a master of ceremony, but you got to stop being serious for 10 minutes. And you kind of like, you know, just hang out, bro. And it, I felt like, I feel like a lot of, of hip hop is a giant ego flex. Oh, yeah, so I, try, I try not to provide that when I'm in the room. I try to just be as vulnerable as I can. Like I said, laugh at myself, laugh with others and so on. But uh, yeah, it was a very good, wholesome experience by the end because Ray knows what he's doing. Yeah, man. He was yeah. the leader, man. And whether or not people give him the credit, he's a great leader. He's an amazing dude. He really knew what to do, who to put on the list, how to get it together. And, you know, he took a little bit of advice from me before setting it up, which was really nice. And then also, you know, he got a couple names for me and you happen to be one of them. So, Thank you, you know, the top of the list and, and, and that's where that's where we reside now, bro. So we're just climbing, man. That's what we got to do. Uh, it, it, I, I see it as 100 percent success. Oh, yeah. Regardless, regardless of the drama, because that's just some back page bullshit, bro. That, that's going to happen no matter what. So I just look at the positives. How does, it, how does it feel to see the, the YouTube views going up to 47,000 spins in about I know, a, week, just, a week and a half, man? Yeah, bro. That's that's impressive very impressive i'm very impressed with ray and his ability to push and get our uh get our video where it needed to be for certain people to see it and then we got you know we got put in the source magazine bro that's, that's if not num that's if, if that's not number one that's number two magazine out of all hip-hop magazines in the entire planet earth oh man it's number one in my heart forever you know they, fucking, they helped us out bro for sure it's, it's number one for <laughs> sure man and to anybody tuning in 
Uh, I just want to let you guys know, man, uh, I'm still that 10-year-old kid that's buying all the Source magazines from 1995 all the way to, like, 2005. And uh, the fact that me and Expand got on it, it was a dream come true. Thank you, Ray. I want to give a shout-out to King Solarius for editing the video, man. Oh, my God. He killed that shit, bro. He messed around with everything. Yo, man, Solarius, if you hear this episode, man, thank you. Appreciate Um, you, so. Of course, all the MCs, all the MCs that got yep. involved. Good job to everybody, man. Different yeah, flavors, man. Hey, yo, I want to give, I do want to give a special shout out to two individuals that were doing it. I know that we've already talked about, you know, me and you and how we did. Yeah. But man, that dude Tangent Wiggy is a fucking. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Said Wiggy, what? Wow. <laughs> Shouts out to Tan, man, for being a nerd, bro. He's such a cool-ass nerd. One of the coolest <laughs> dudes I've met in hip-hop. Dope, Always dope. down to earth, and I appreciate him very much. And then uh, Zay as well. Zay was cool enough to, uh, you know, mess around and see through the drama and kind of connect with me on some, on some, on a little bit of a personal level, which was nice, and I do appreciate her very much. I love it, man. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I told a friend. In, in this music industry, especially if you're an indie artist, y'all know that we lose more than we win. Yeah. yeah. Now, these big wins keep us alive yes, for the next do. years to come because we lose so much that when we do win, it means a lot, man. Yep. Um, and this is a win. The Cypress is a win. The Source.com is a win. It's a win for everybody, man. And when they do these shows, you know, I've worked the Southern California circuit in the mid and for a good time, for a good while. I love seeing the MCs I've done shows with, whether it's in San Bernardino County, Inland Empire, Huntington Beach. I love it how you guys are on the source. It, it, it's like, wow, because you guys have been paying dues in the same circuit as I have been. Right. And we all we all deserve it, man. We yep. all deserve it, man. Word up. Yeah. Um, no. Let me ask you this. What you listening to lately? Who are the MCs or producers inspiring you? What, what you, music? Bro. What you bumping? I got you. Hold up. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see here. Where we at? Oh, shouts out to Absol, dude. The fucking Herbert album is godly, bro. Just godly. Unfucking believable. Y'all don't know about Absol? Go check him out. One of the uh, dope ass cosmonauts of the hip hop generation, bro. The dude came, went all the way out. Came all the way back, lost a lot in the process. Shouts out to that man. I know I don't know him in person or nothing like that, but he's real fucking cool. Um, he always speaks to me and makes me feel like I'm not wasting my time with the music. This dude, Decca, unfucking believable, bro. D E C A, absolute animal. Um, shouts out to my man, Homeboy Sandman. Uh, anybody who don't know about Homeboy Sandman, you better figure it out, bro, because that's one of the that's one of the best lyricists that has ever touched rap. Period. Dot com. Uh, he's amazing. All right. And then I found a new, a little bit of a new understanding and and appreciation for this dude, Jack Harlow. I know, I know he's new and he's a little bit, you know, mainstream. He says a lot of potentially like misogynistic and other shit, uh, stuff that I don't really support, but I heard this song called Denver recently that a girl showed me that I was hanging out with. And, um, I don't know if anybody's heard that song, but you got to go check it out, man. It really, it really explains a lot about the trials and tribulations of a hip-hop artist and somebody that has tried real hard to make things happen for themselves. It ain't just an overnight thing. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? We suffer. We suffer hard, bro. And it's not its not for the greater good or any of that silly-ass shit that people want to tell you. We just suffer. Oh. And, and sometimes there's no ending to it, bro. And so, like, you get lost in that a little bit. And when you find your way to the other side, bro, like, it... it, it Oh, man, that's that's what that's what you know. What's funny is that's how Flavor Elaborator got made. So I find it so funny that Denver, the song, hit me at this time when I had just put it out um, because he wrote. I think he wrote this song, if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of one year, and then he waited for, for like almost like eight or twelve months to write the second verse just to see how he has, how his mind changed. And then he wrote the second verse, which encapsulated like a year of his life, which means a lot to me as a writer. So, yeah. I fuck with that in a big way. And then the last dude I'm going to put down, uh, we got to go with the classic Cool G rap. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, baby. It's all about 5-4. Uh, let's see. Hold up. Um, yo, yo. You there? 
X-Pan, you there? The album four, five, six from nineteen ninety-five, bro. The original joint, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have, I, I still have a lot of education to go through as far as the older stuff, and that's that's golden era. So, like for me, I'll always have fuel from some of our our triple O's, you know, the people who have been around the longest and, and really holding it down. Um, shout, by the way, speaking of which, the '80s rapper shouts out to Craig G. I really appreciate that man. He hit me up recently. I shared the album with him and all that. And then Elder Sensei and everybody else who was on the last album, I appreciate y'all a lot. Um, you know, any of the people who are legends that I've worked with, I appreciate them. Y'all have always cut me down on a fair price and not been super stingy with me. So that's real cool, you know. Um, and when, when we get together with people like this and they, they kind of bridge the gaps between the old school and the new school and, and, and fill in the line of knowledge, it means the world for us, you know. So then we can continue the art in a way that's not like I, I consider it like sacrilegious some, what some of these kids are doing out there bro it's like you ain't an MC bro you're just a clown <laughs> you a fucking clown bro and you doing this shit for all the wrong reasons my G like you ain't even half as real as you think you are I'll break you down with a sentence or two you know just ask a question and get them to answer it and throw them the, the, the ego just starts portraying you're like oh my god I gotta get away from you <laughs> like jeez but yeah, dude, uh, yeah, holding it down with the hardcore 90s shit, bro, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a, I'm probably gonna do a show out in Monrovia, I think, next month with my man Joaquin Daniels. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what date yet because I still have to get a set together, memorize some stuff, and so on, but. Um, I have also gotten, I got an offer today, February month. And if I make enough money in two months, I might fly out to Salt Lake and do just stuff out there with my man, uh, Mescalito. Um, he's a, he's a good dude. I met him on tour when I first went out with, uh, some other cats that I don't care to mention. Um, just, you know, sometimes bro, you build people and, and it shows improves, uh, a little bit and then you take what you can and you keep moving, bro. You know, and uh, so they brought me out there, and then it was super funny, bro. Because like at the end of that tour, I, I just was like, "Yo, drop me off right here, bro." <laughs> it was snowing. It was Utah. They were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what do you mean, drop you off right here?" I was like, "Right here on the corner." They're like, "Dude, we're in the middle of nowhere." I'm like, "Ain't nowhere to me. Ain't nowhere to me, bro. I got a couple bucks. I'll go get a hotel room and I'll be fine." You just, you just keep on going back to California with your eight 300-pound people in the car. <clears throat> it was big, bro. It was a lot of big energy. There was some stuff going on in the car. This one dude got really, really upset because I had asked him in the middle of the tour. Um, I asked him. I was like, I went out to him in the parking lot. And this is this is a one. This is actually a pretty good story. It's just a quick one, but it's, it's a good story because it, it explains a lot about the ego of the rapper. And this dude's from, like, uh, Watts, if I'm not mistaken. So he's 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 uh, he's pretty hood, right? <laughs> he's he's a very uh, gangster individual kind of thing, right? Whatever. I understand the the idea and the persona and so on. And so I, I did I did my best to to give him the benefit of the doubt. He hit like two shows with us before we had gotten to Utah or something like that. And he did his thing and he was up there and I was like, oh, word, bro, you got big energy. I really fuck with that, bro. That's tight. And then. In the parking lot in Utah, I went up to him in the morning because he had decided to sleep in the car. There was so many tweakers in the parking lot that he felt like he was more necessary for him to sleep in the car due to the you know amount of stuff we had in there. So he, you know, he's doing his little his hair or whatever in, in the mirror outside. And I walk out to him. I go, yo, what's up, gang? Uh, this, that, and the third. 
I'm like, hey, you know, I was listening to some of your tracks while I was up there just now because they were bumping them. And I, I just have a question. I was like, how come you don't rap about anything besides like big rims, bitches, and, and money and drugs? And he goes, what? Are you fucking with me, bro? And I was like, no, I'm serious. I just wanted to know why that's all you talk about. He's like, he's like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, little ass motherfucker. He started to get hard on me and shit. And I was like, oh, well, uh, I'm sorry I pissed you off, bro. My question wasn't to piss you off. I just had an actual, that was a, that's a question, bro. That's a real question. Like, I want to hear more from you. And as somebody who, who comes to the table like that, not everybody always agrees that, you know, they want to evolve or do whatever. They rather put or of that mindset. And I'm okay with that too, but the dude started to get like physical with me. And he started to uh, take his chain off and his hat and shit. And I was like, Brian, gonna fight you in the middle of this parking lot. You're dumb. I'm like, I'm walking away. Peace. Then he said, You just uh you just so you said something about me being white or whatever. And I hadn't said nothing to him about none of that shit. So I took it, I I smiled at him. I turned around, I smiled, I said, see? That's what I'm talking about, man. How come you could call it out to a color? What's with the color bullshit? And I went upstairs. He followed me upstairs into the hotel room. And he uh, started to take his shirt off because he was going to fight me. Now, keep in mind, this dude was like 325 and 6'4". He was much, much, much bigger than me. He could have been taller than 6'4". He was fucking big. And he was just a sweaty old motherfucker, right? So I told him, I was like, listen, bro, you ain't going to swing on me in this hotel room because you ain't going to get left here in the middle of Utah. You don't know how to get home. You will not do that to me. You don't even know where you are, bro. So it's in your best interest to keep your emotions in check. Stop getting angry. Stop trying to fight me and leave me the fuck alone now. So then the other guys come in, uh, the two bigger gentlemen that were next door, and they come through the middle door into our hotel room. And they go, yo, yo, expand. You about to fight this dude? I was like, nah, bro. I'm not trying to fight him. He's just getting angry for no fucking reason. And he was like, it ain't no reason. It ain't no reason. I was like, nah, nah, it is. And then I walked away. And then they kept him in the room. And then I walked down the block. I went and got some lunch and shit. But for the rest of that tour, that dude did passive-aggressive little high school girl bullshit. He would say stuff in the car like, uh, oh, little bitch-ass motherfucker. Just say it out loud. And not do anything. And he'd be like, oh, that's a... He'd just keep hinting at stuff to, like, try to offend me. And so I the tour I was like dang and y'all support this shit and just sitting here letting this dude do this dumbass shit that's wild so I got out of the car and I made my own way because I'm not gonna be talked to like that and at the same time I'm not gonna be treated like some low life piece of shit but I'm not you know it has. you just gotta stand up for yourself out there and it ain't, it ain't gonna be easy but it's definitely gonna be you know you if you want it to be if you let other people carve out who you are then that's not that's no good bro you just end up being somebody's bitch for, for, for lack of a better word, I guess you could say, you know. Yeah, bro, no doubt, dude. Um, I'm actually gonna shoot something on Sunday. Just some just something for Instagram real quick. I'm gonna shoot Flow Inspiration with my man Mosaic One. He's an absolute god, bro. That dude is, is the man behind the camera. If y'all go onto my YouTube and you see the last five to ten music videos, he shot most of them. If uh, probably like uh, you know two out of every two out of three music videos are something I've done with him. And he's so creative. He's gone to school for this stuff. He really really cares about his craft. He goes out of his way to get new lenses and lights and all kinds of stuff that affect the ultimate turnout of what we're doing together. And uh, it, it just it just makes such a big difference when the person who's filming gives a shit about the music that's being made just as much as the film that's being made. And it feels like tying them together in the way that's so authentic, you know, otherwise there's this vast disconnect between the artist who created the message and the videographer who's filming it, thinking that they run shit because they're the filmer. Or the videographer. You know what I mean? And that's happened in the past too. Where I've gotten people who video me. Whether they're like drone pilots or this or that. And they think because they have a special toy. That their their ideas are going to be. It's like dude I'm paying you to do this dude. It's not it's not a, a, a question. I'm telling you what to do bro. <laughs> you got to just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And do it. And then they'll imply their own thing. And then I'm like nah. Like don't do that to me. Like this is my vision. Just help me you know succeed in the vision. 
so uh, Flowspiration will be the first uh, song technically that gets a little bit of video. It'll be happening this week. I'll put out a little something for uh, for me and Mo. I'm gonna film it this weekend. And then I want to get water done really bad. I have this super psychedelic uh, thing that I want to do that no one's ever done in the history of hip hop. Um, so I'm really excited to bring it forth. It's going to be a very exciting music video. I think that um, I want to invite some people to come. It will take money for people to be involved, but it will be an experience of your life that you'll never forget. So it's going to be like, uh, I'll give you a little hint. It's going to be literally on the ocean and it ain't boats and hoes nope just drink more water mind your goals that's what we're doing so it's all about hanging out it's gonna be a music video we're all gonna be drinking like giant water bottles and shit like that it's gonna be really cool bro um i would love if you were there it's gonna cost it's gonna cost 80 dollars to participate because that's what the that's what the boat ride costs Everybody pays for their own fee, but the experience is worth way more than $80. I promise you. I've done it already as a child. I went out there to this area, and I did what we're about to do. And it is such a beautiful experience to like go through nature and film it at the same time. So I did that for what's worth in the middle of COVID. I invited a bunch of people out to do a music video in a place with no cell service. Because COVID was so... Everybody's always at home, Wi-Fi, constant restrictions, not enough money, poor me attitude, all this other shit going on, right? And so I was like, you know what? Let's break out. Let's all break out at the same time. So I invited 25 people to up to, uh, uh, Jesus, I forgot the name of the mountain, um, but it's this giant, it's a giant mountain. It's a really, really nice hike. And you go there. The parking lot is already up in the mountains, so there's no service in the parking lot. So when you get there, you pull up. You basically got to find your crew. You walk around, find them. And it takes balls to do that. It's not easy. I don't know if anybody's ever been traveling and, like, hitting the road, and then you hit a homie up, and you're still a couple hours away, and they don't answer, and you're like, ooh, am I going the right direction or whatever? You just believe in yourself, bro. Keep moving. And so, like, everybody that showed up believed in themselves, and that was the get up. So what's work? Um, off of the uh, the album Tools of the Trade with Joaquin Daniels, beautiful album that came out last year or the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I really feel like that was one of one of my best pieces of work, although it was just a five or six track little EP, and um, it, it made a big difference for me because work at the end of the day is keeping your friends, staying true to what you believe in, and not getting shaken or stirred by the objects that exist around your reality. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple months once the sun starts to shine a little harder, and the and the seasonal uh, the seasonal boat gets back into the harbor, we'll take the boat. Um, but it's we're gonna take off from like Ventura, so it'll be like a group uh, thing. You know, we'll travel about an hour upstate, and then we'll leave all together at around six or I think it's uh, the first boat ride is at six. But if we don't make it by six, we'll do the eight o'clock boat ride, and then you usually come back into town by about five or six o'clock. So we'll go out there, we'll bring a bunch of food and stuff, water, and just hang out, have a good time, and then do our thing. Like, there's a surprise element that I'm not telling you about right now, but I will tell you about it in person. I just don't want to ruin it on this on, on the podcast, you know what I'm saying? Word. Sweet. Yeah, please do. I'll post it, uh, if not tomorrow, the following day, just to keep the ball rolling, you know what I'm saying? When it were, Whenever you release it, obviously, I won't do it before you. That would be a little rude. <laughs> Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Be yourself. That's it. That's it, man. Stay true to your tribulations and what you know to be the truth. If somebody else wants you to go their way, I mean, by all means, learn. It doesn't mean you have to be that. You know what I'm saying? Still be you. Be you. Recognize where you come from. Far and, and and don't avoid you, because that is all that is real. Outside of you, there's just ideas, and everybody else is always doing, you know, this me 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 thing. But they don't really care about themselves enough to be doing the me 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 thing. So they're focusing on others and telling others what they feel and how they think 
they should, you know, control them and so on and so forth and suggestions and all this other stuff. But they haven't gotten, you know, base one or two covered for themselves yet. So just co- cover your own bases, man. Think for yourself and then be your own person. That is what's that's the key. There ain't nothing more real than that. Sure. I'd recommend discovering some respect for yourself. And the reason why I say that is not because I'm dissing these people or saying that they're any less than they should be. But when you're angry, that is a secondary action. There's never, ever, 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 anger first. You are angry because you're angry about something else happening already. So whether you're sad or you're depressed or whatever... That anger is a secondary emotion, yo. That shit is that shit is treacherous. It's the devil for sure. And you gotta be you gotta be aware of, of how much of that you're incorporating into your message because you could be spreading some severe hate. And it's treacherous. Now, as far as depression goes, getting up every day and following some kind of a guideline that you feel that helps you become more whole and not less of yourself, like we discussed a second ago, is typically the key. So whether you're at work or if you have work early, wake up an hour early. If you have work late, make sure you're doing something before you go to work that works for you. Work out, um, eat something, create something. If you have to draw something, draw. If you want to write something down, write something down. Man, go on a walk. Go outside. Get some sun. The first thing in the beginning of the day that has helped with my depression is immediate contact with the sun. So you go out there let it kiss your skin if you can take your shirt off wear some shorts if it's not too cold you know what i'm saying and just go for a walk 15 20 minutes at the beginning of the day glass of water with some salt in it man because that'll get the electroconductivity starting in your brain you'll be able to think a little clearer than if you didn't have it so that's my that's my little tidbit i'm not going to get too much more carried away but it's important to pay attention to yourself and create a structure that you know supports you being alive Versus making decisions that take away from your you being alive. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hear that last part. I didn't I didn't I didn't hear what you just said other than the word concept. You kind of broke up. What was that? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Positive. A lot of positive things you can do with pain. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Just be gentle. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, Marlon. Cool, cool. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Word. Yeah, sounds good, baby. We in there like swimwear and booty here. We got this. One. And beep.